It's the first episode of the second season of the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with myself, Robbie Dowling and Eddie Scally. Each week we cast our eye over all of the talking points regarding Kilkenny Hurling. As I said, I am joined in studio by Eddie Scally. Eddie, great to be joined by you again and great to be back for another season of the Kilkenny Hurling Pod. Yeah, no, really excited to be back and up and running again. I see I'm not the former Lax Mice manager anymore. No, no, no. I just said to introduce you as Eddie Scally now. I mean, it's what, two years ago since you were... Blacks and Ice Manager. That's so, it, yeah. yeah. Bang Gales now is where I am. Bang Gales now. Yeah, no, no. Exciting. Everything moves on, yeah, exactly. 100%, everything does move on. Um, Look, we'll get straight into it, I suppose. We are a day out from that, uh, I don't know if you'd call it infamous All-Ireland final at this stage, between O'Loughlin Gales and St. Thomas's. Maybe that's too strong. We'll get your thoughts on it. The Galway side, of course, crowned All-Ireland champions with an 18 points to 17 win over O'Loughlin's and the reason I use the word infamous of course is because a lot of people are talking about the controversial refereeing decisions and officiating around the game as I said Eddie we'll just go straight into it what did you make of the game itself and how much was it influenced by those decisions by referee Sean Stack and his officials Um, look I'm sure like you know there's a lot of people been really really wound up today um, and really annoyed about it and I think we, we're we going to have to dive into that a little bit deeper than just kind of saying, you know, there was a couple of poor decisions. And it's not a pile-on on an official either, and I and I stress that. But before we go through the officiating and, and, and how much of an impact it had in the game, I did say to you earlier, Robbie, that I actually feel because there's been so much talk about the officiating on the game, that some of the events during the game have been missed um, and they've been like I watched Anna Burke score again about five or six times today in work and I can honestly tell you I haven't seen a better score it was better than Joe Canning's last minute score in the All-Ireland semi-final um, them years ago I think it was against Tip yeah. it was better than that like this Barnon is probably the best score I've ever seen uh, for number one he's fallen as he's striking it he's under savage pressure from the O'Loughlin Gales defenders he's out on the touchline he's at a really tight angle because he's on the 14 I think nearly he cuts it in at the near post and it is the last puck of a game in an All-Ireland final this is what you're doing in your back garden when you're four years of age and five and six and seven and eight. so that was one of them but then other scores in the game as well like you know David Fogarty got an absolutely outrageous score as well late on in the game to bring yep. um, to bring O'Loughlin Gales right back into the game you know there was there was so much really good play and in horrendous conditions like I mean they played in a storm it was so unfortunate and you could see that there was so many handling errors and uncharacteristic handling errors particularly from O'Loughlin Gales like on another day on a dry day maybe uh, you, you don't know the Galway team could have performed St Thomas's could have performed at 20% better on a dry day too but no one O'Loughlin Gales the way we do know O'Loughlin Gales I think they underperformed slightly yesterday particularly in the second half but their handling errors and things like that because of the conditions you know really let them down on another day they could have won the game by 7 or 8 points but that aside put that to one side the officiating in yesterday's game was absolutely scandalous it was just terrible and lads have a go at me and say oh you, you know it's easy referee the game from where you're sitting and I'm not on about just for O'Loughlin Gales I'm on about for both teams yeah. the referee lost control of the game I don't know did he panic or what happened but I can show you you know the, the, the chap that got the red card I don't think that was a red card No, but I think if the goal had stood in the first half that's a yellow card maybe at worst but because he's asked been told at half time and he has been told at half time <clears throat> that ball is a foot over the line and you haven't given it you know they're going to try and level it out so, think it was, so? no one will ever admit to that subconsciously you do these things I seen um, Eddie Brennan on Twitter yesterday during the game and he made a comment that that'll be evened out in the second half and that's it always is all these things swings around but it's like referees 
you know, they just can't abide me. I'm blamed for, for bullying them and picking on them. Yeah. And I'm not like that. Yeah. But what I would say to you is, let's take some of the decisions for what they are. Well, Lachlan Gales lost by one point yesterday. Okay, there was one free given to St. Thomas's, and now I'm not even the goal aside. There was one free given to St. Thomas's when a Lachlan Gales defender met a forward shoulder to shoulder, buried him. The ball popped up in the air. O'Loughlin's Gales came out with the ball. The referee blew the whistle and gave a 21-yard free to St. Thomas's, And it was tapped over the bar. So that one point alone, to me, kind of set the tone for some of the, some of the outrageous decisions. The goal, the two umpires standing. What are the two lads at? The both of them standing right behind the middle of the goal. Possibly the only place you could be standing in Crow Park to not see that ball go over the line. And the two of them stood there. Like, Robbie... In this day and age, and I know there was comments about it and all that, but in this day and age, what are they thinking letting two umpires do that? Yeah, no, it's absolutely crazy. Um, going to get more thoughts on that, Eddie. Obviously, very strong viewpoint. Brendan Hennessy caught up with O'Loughlin selector Nigel Skeen after the game. Here's what he had to say about that moment. Good few talking points, I suppose. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, it was a, a massive call missed uh, in the first half with a goal decision. Ridiculous decision, to be honest with you. And I'm going to be straight about it. I'm not going to beat about the bush. Ridiculous decision. How they got it wrong, I have no idea. Looked at his other decisions. We, pro- you know, I wouldn't think to send an officer sending off either, to be fair for J- to James Regan. There was a lot of heavy hits in the game. Probably on force to read it that he, he got a red card. Fair enough, I think, from Nigel Skeen, Eddie. Yeah, it's a fair assessment. And I think, like, you have to remember as well. You know, like throughout the game, and this is what I'm saying, it wasn't that it was overly poor on either side, it was poor for both sides. Yeah. Um, Connor Heary, there was a late hit by Connor Heary, I don't think there was a huge amount of intent in it, and he caught the goal with player straight on in the chest. Um, you know, if you got a pernickety referee, you could have got a red card there, that's yeah. genuine. Um, Jordan Malloy leaned in with the head, uh, you know, helmet pushed against it. In the To the letter of the law, that's a red card. There's no, do you know what I mean? There's no actual. Yeah. Um, there's no way you can get out of that there's no if the referee gives a yellow card there Jordan's gone you know the type of way Um, so you could say that we're lucky on that side of it but my biggest thing here is and this is what people don't you know they mightn't see where I'm coming from on this but Omar scored a goal yesterday in an all-around final after 22 minutes 23 minutes the goal's not given Omar's game changes when that ball hits the back of that net he's now on a goal he's buzzing around the field he wants to be on the ball everything is going right you know give me the ball and he is a brilliant player and I'm not saying he didn't have a brilliant game or anything like that for anything but aside from that the three points that that goal gives you it gives the player a huge confidence lift it puts them five points ahead that's two scores clear there was no lead like that in the whole match yesterday. I thought that was big as well. Yeah. That's you know that's a massive thing. Like that was the biggest lead. It would have been the biggest lead yeah. in the whole game. So these are all massive momentum shifters. But the goal isn't seen and it doesn't stand. So as a result of that, when every team has their purple patch, when St Thomas has got their purple patch, they picked up a three point lead. Right? If that goal had stood, St Thomas's would have brought that back to only been losing by two points. That's where it could have been or even brought it back to only being losing by one point. And and, 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 and and in fairness to Lachlan Gales, I think they may have seen it out. But you don't know. You can't tell. And, and I'm going to say it as well, 
the red card had more of an effect on O'Loughlin Gale's performance than it had on St. Thomas's performance. What happens with St. Thomas's, the minute you get a red card, you squeeze. Yeah. So everything becomes central. We want the ball in the middle. Keep it in the middle. And unfortunately, O'Loughlin Gales played the ball down that middle of the field. And that played into St. Thomas's hands. I actually think if it had been left 15 on 15, O'Loughlin Gales probably would have won that game because they would have kept playing it down the channels that they're so used to. But... People that listen into this, they're used to me. They're used to me moaning and giving out. And I will continue to moan and give out because decisions like that... Like, I had a lad ring me this morning because he heard the Gales. He didn't know the club. Fell from up home and he assumed maybe this is the team Eddie Scally's involved with. And when he rang, I said to him, have you heard of anybody uh, getting jailed this morning over a game? Like, I would go bananas there. Brian Hogan, I seen his interview last night on um, it was online with GA.E he didn't do any interviews with TG Carter or anything like that no he didn't come out extremely humble kept the head down the whole lot but I just I just felt so sorry for him I looked at him he was dejected people deserve better than that how somebody can come up with a system that Hawkeye can tell me a ball up flying beside a Nerlingus plane whether it's gone over the bar or not but they can't tell me that the ball four yards in front of them has gone in over the line that wasn't close Robbie that was two foot over the line yeah. and then to see Finton Burke and he's right I seen Finton Burke doing an interview and he was laughing last night in his interview of course he was laughing and then your man said was it a brilliant save and he said oh I think it was oh, I'm pretty sure it didn't cross the line and then he started laughing himself you know it's look all sport is for winners anyway but I think the big conversation that needs to be had is the GEA call themselves amateur sport amateur this amateur that everything is amateur except for the prices into these matches and I can tell you what's really amateur is allowing the officials to bring their uncles and their cousins and their brothers to do umpires at matches is absolutely insane and I won't be thanked for saying that and I'll be told the argument of oh we won't get umpires we won't get umpires because they won't get all Ireland finals Robbie there's 150 or 200 referees in the country I am sure four referees would absolutely love the honour of being an umpire at an All-Ireland Final. And maybe it's about time we start recognising that and saying, the referee for this year's All-Ireland Final is Mr X, the referee from Clare. The umpires are, or the linesmen are A and B, so that's number two and three best referees in the country. And then four, five, six and seven are them men behind the goals. And then, the fourth official, the fella standing with an earpiece on the side of the field, is his only job. To tell, to tell them how much he to put up the notice board when the referee shouts over there's two minutes of injury time how hard would it be for him to have a monitor and say to the referee that's a goal like do you know what I mean it's not like the technology is not there I'm not asking him to stop the game and do like VAR I'm just he could I could have rang the referee and sent somebody out with a text message and saying listen that's a goal Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know the other thing as well I will say as well the O'Loughlin Gales players should have protested more they should have they, they knew themselves because I, I, I completely understand and agree with the argument that the umpire should have seen what happened but do you think for the, the, the actual players who were maybe further away it was tough to tell and they just kind of got on with the game as maybe you naturally would yeah see I think you're, you're like I know myself we're drumming it into players don't get on to the ref there's no point he's not going to change his mind but I think in that scenario I think I, I'd like to think if the game was stopped for a second and the referee went in and had a bit of a discussion with the umpires I, I'd be surprised if the goal wasn't given or if a linesman wasn't called in do you know yeah. I think anyone listening in here now if something like that happens in one of your club games <laughs> stop yeah. do not yeah. refuse to allow that game to go on yeah. but no I just think I just think it, it's 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 
it's it's a strange one as well. And like, what happened afterwards? Like, he's lying inside the goal with the ball in his hand. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It was as clear as day. And lads will say, "Oh, it's all right for us on on TV cameras and the whole lot." And I'm not blaming the ref for that call either. Don't get me wrong. That's not the ref's job to see that. That's the two umpires. And um, the only call the ref got it wrong was bringing them umpires because I think they were I think they were pretty poor. Yeah. Um, now. I've seen the goal back 50 times and it's the position of the umpires that's the problem. Yeah. Like, what I always was told was one umpire stays on the post and the other one goes behind the goal. If one of them umpires that stays on the post, then the goal's given and O'Loughlin Gales are winning by five points. Like, the reason I'm so annoyed about it as well is, let's call a spade a spade. If it was St. Thomas is playing against Bally Gunner yesterday or St. Thomas is playing against Sarsfields... You know, I did. No, of course, yeah, yeah. A bit like last year with Kilmacall Crokes and Glen, even though it was a very different situation, we weren't as immersed in it as we would be with O'Loughlin's involved. <coughs> no, but see, you're kind of invested in it. Mm. And for us as well, Robbie, like, you know, you and I, we've been watching this team all year. Yeah. I've watched this team grow. I drove to uh, Navin to watch them beating Cushion Doll, you know, like. They're bringing us on this brilliant journey. Yeah, and you, yeah. you, you, like, I've no affiliation or connections to a Lachlan Gales GEA club, but last Friday night, you know, I could feel the passion coming from the lads that you brought in here, um, you know, Joan and Johnny and, 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 and the Mick lads. Nolan, yeah. Mick, they're a previous manager of the team, of course, and, and you could feel the passion off them. And when that happened, and when you had to lose a game that way, Robbie, I just... I just felt so, so bad for them all. And I felt so bad for the players as well because I know how much and how hard they work. I just think it was a terrible way to finish the game. And what I would have loved more than anything is after the equalising score, if the referee had blown the whistle and it was brought off and went into extra time. Yeah, and, think, yeah. You know, yeah. that maybe would have been a bit fairer. I, I don't know. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. But did you hear have to look at this? Like, I mean, like... Like it's not the first time this has happened. It's not going to be the last time. But why can't we just improve our standards? Every other standard in the sport, and I'll get killed for saying it now. But every other standard in the game has improved, except for this. Like they're in the dark ages. Like yeah. they really are. Like look at everything else. Look at the strength and conditioning. Look at the, you know, the condition of the players out on that pitch yesterday. Look at the speed of the game. You know, in them conditions. What was it? Nineteen points to eighteen yesterday. 18, 18, 17. 17 yeah. yeah, you know, like in a, in a bloody hurricane, they put on that show. And in, and in fairness, in the second game, because normally I I think trying to watch a football match after a hurling match, I would definitely switch them. I'd have the football first oh, because oh god. But in fairness to the two teams yesterday, you know, they put on an absolute banger of a game St. Bridget's really put them to the pin of the collar it was just mm. everything you wanted from club a club day out two brilliant spectacles two brilliant games the whole lot and it's marred down to in my opinion poor officiating and not putting that all on the referee's shoulders either his linesman there linesman in the GA complete and utter waste of time umpires in the GA complete and utter waste of time I honestly do not see the point in them because they don't make an impact to the games anymore when was the last time you seen an umpire making an impact in a match yeah like, what's the point? And, and lads can give out to me and say whatever they like. I've spoken to umpires at matches and they told me to shut up. So the umpire, the umpire's not going to say anything to the referee. Yeah. The referee is God. No, I agree, I agree. We're going to get on to uh, all of that in more detail and kind of look at the, you know, it won't feel like there's a bigger picture for all Lachlan's fans. Of course, there is a bigger picture for the game moving forward. But before that two-time All-Ireland winner, Adrian Ronan, was on commentary for KCLR yesterday. Here's what he had to say about the incidents. 
Yeah, look, let's give uh, Thomas's great credit. They fought brilliantly in the second half. They came back. You couldn't begrudge them. They've gone through hardship. They've lost a lot of all Ireland semi-finals and finals. Let's give them credit first of all. It, they didn't ref the match and they weren't umpiring the game. But the goal uh, was a horrendous decision in the modern game. When you think of the technology that we have in the sport, the referees, the microphones, the earpieces and all the technology we have. And we couldn't blatantly see a guy with a ball in his hand over the goal. Over the goal. Ronnie probably echoing what a lot of people think, including yourself, obviously, Eddie. Look, uh, the match itself, before, we'll probably get on to that, but the, the, obviously the big story is the, the incidents and the referees. The bigger picture, as I said before, uh, Ronnie was speaking there, what needs to happen? Because obviously the umpires now, their function seems completely unfit for purpose. Their only impact on the game is either negative impact or waving a flag. Uh, or waving a wide ball, whatever it might be, they don't seem to have a kind of positive force in the match. Likewise, even with the linesmen at times, which is really worrying because they're officials, uh, the umpires obviously aren't. Do we need to have a full scale back on what officiating standards are? Do we need to look at what function an umpire, a linesman, a fourth official has and how they support the referee? Like, What needs to happen in the aftermath of this? Or are we just in a cycle that won't end for generations um, ok so first and foremost I think genuinely and I mean this referees the very same as players go out to try and do their best and put on a big performance I actually don't blame the referee for having a poor performance yes. so I think it wasn't his greatest game he missed a couple of big calls that's always going to happen but then he's going to see other calls and he's going to get them right and that's going to happen too so they balance themselves out over the course of the game the only undefendable incident in the game is the goal for me anyway I think the red card you can read it in real time in fairness to the referee he gets one shot at it he sees it he thinks it's a red card the Conor Harry incident he got one shot at it same with the, the Jordan Malloy incident so in fairness to the ref that's not but his umpires have done him here um, that goal he's not near the play like he's back a bit down the field when that goal goes in so he is of no way shape form or blame for it and unfortunately for him and what will be a massive day for him it, it, it's tarnished now so I actually think where's the learnings to take out of this so first and foremost Robbie there is actually no point in having umpires behind goals we have Hawkeye in place already for the points and if the ball's over the bar wide we have it there in place so then what I think was we just need to bring it on a little bit and bring in that goal line technology if the umpires are being kept for behind the goal I think their only functions going forward is square balls and lifting a white flag or a green flag after being directed to do so by the referee so in the referee's ear which he has the Hawkeye person goes point point wide wide goal goal and the referee points at his umpire right or left and they lift the flag that's what the role should be other than that they're calling square balls the problem you have though Robbie is every club ground in the country needs umpires because we don't have Hawkeye in every club grounds in the country so as a result of not having Hawkeye in them games we should you know you need umpires for the games in Nolan Park and all these other places and that's fine too but I think I actually feel every game that's played in Crow Park, all Ireland finals, all Ireland semi-finals, when they're in Crow Park, we have the standard of technology there. We should try and roll it out into the other county grounds. It can't be that hard. Um, a small chip inside them yellow balls to tell them if it's crossed the line, something like that. They have it in football already. They've always had it. The referees where they watch the buzz when it crosses the line. Yep. So I think that's what has to happen. Um, 
I think something as well that should happen in the GA and it was just so you notice it was suggested when Richie Hogan got his red card against Tipperary it was suggested that an eye in the sky was advising the referee in his ear I don't know how true it is it was it was implied now I know both people in it as a caveat I know the person that was allegedly giving him the information and I know the person that was allegedly getting it I'd be surprised if it was the case but that was muted at the time now what I would suggest is how hard would it be James Owens the time James gave Richie the red card James Owens took about four minutes five minutes to make that call he knew the importance of the decision he didn't just flash out a red card he spoke to his linesman. Yeah. He took his time. He he knew what he seen, and this is what I'm saying. Whether you think James's decision was right or wrong with the Richie Hogan right card, he did the right thing. He slowed down, took his time, spoke to his linesman. He said, "This is what I think I've seen." The linesman agreed with him, took a chance again, spoke to Richie, showed him what he'd done. Red card gone. So by that logic, then Eddie was yesterday's were yesterday's incidents incidents not a kind of systemic failure, but rather just a failure of referee Sean Stack, however unfortunate that might be for him. No, not the goal. The goal's definitely not his fault. Yeah, the, rest uh, the other ones, they're just decisions that he's making himself. And I think, unfortunately, for and um, the ref, the game probably got away from him a small bit as well. You know the type of way? It was yeah, one of them yeah, games. And, and that can happen too. The reason I'm saying that about James Owens, James Owens was on the line yesterday. He was one of the linesmen. So at any stage in that game, Sean could have stopped and went across to James Owens and said, look, this is what I think I've seen here. What do you think you've seen here? And I'm not sure. Maybe that did happen. I don't know. I didn't see it happening in the game. Ever, actually, for any incident. I don't remember the referee talking to the linesman once in the game. Do you think it may be a potential issue is that there's different refereeing styles? So whereas on one hand you have James Owens who maybe before the match has a meeting with all of his officials says, lads, anytime you see anything, help me out, be in my ear. I need to know what's happening. I can't have my eyes on everything. And then maybe you have another referee. I'm not inferring Sean Stack, but another referee says... Lads, there's enough going on without you in my ear. I just need to referee this game. I'm well capable of doing it. And the problem is that maybe it's all a bit different and all it all clashes with each other rather than here's the one protocol that we have for all referees. Follow it. Go through <laughs> um, it. Yeah, no, you probably have a point. Like, but you have to remember personalities are different too. Like, But your <sighs> personality should go out the window when you're refereeing. They the do, game, but the only thing I will say to you, Robbie, is, and this is, I'm defending Sean Stack here now, and I mean this. Yeah, yeah anyone can get decisions wrong anyone can have a bad game it's at the end of the day he is a, he's a load of officials there to help him I'll tell you why he, he, he was one of the people that people were delighted he got the game is he's known for letting the game flow mm. the referee for the Kilkenny Club senior final um, he was another ref that's known for letting the game go mm. so and then what? What we when we're sitting whinging and moaning, if Sean Stackett went and blown for every incident in that game yesterday and threw out a red card for every decision, if Conor Harry had been sent off, Jordan Malloy had been sent off, the other chap that got sent off for the goal with him was sent off. That's three red cards. Like, you know, that's the other side of it too. We'd be having a different conversation here today, saying he was too whistle happy, he was going mad. Like I would hate to be a referee now. Do you know, at the end of the day, you put your name forward. Like, I, I, I decided I wanted to, to, to manage teams and get involved in it that way. I can't then whinge and cry when someone calls me out for making a bad decision yes. or doing something wrong. So, ultimately, but you can't, you're not allowed to give out with referees, as you're well aware. So, that's, that's not allowed. But you can give out about managers, you can give out about players and everybody else in the world, but you can't because oh, no refs, no games. I think, to be fair, the only thing I'd say there, there's a small, small minority maybe saying that. Uh, the other thing is uh, with with anything in any walk of life I think it's when you cross the line to abuse which can happen oh yeah no I wouldn't have it a little bit more and and as you know it happens with managers as well of course Yeah, probably just 
I don't know. There's something feel. It does feel a bit. The referee feels a little bit more defenceless, if that makes. But sense. this is it. But I think it shouldn't be personalised. Like you know, I'd be referring to the ref as the ref. That's it. Yeah, it's as simple too, as yeah, that. Yeah. And I actually think on the day, couple of really bad decisions or strange decisions or poor calls. But for me, I actually think it's the help that's been given to the referees on the day. The umpires for the goal were very poor. I wonder had his linesman said, "Take a second here." You know, for an incident, like. They know it's an All Ireland final. It's not like you're under eighteen junior C quarters. You know, not knockout game. If you lose, you're coming in the back door. This is the end. This is the pinnacle of the club season. It's an All Ireland final, and it's it's gut wrenching to see players get. No one wants to get a red card. That All Ireland final when Richie got sent off, it was destroyed the whole not game. It was the, the game, worst yeah. All Ireland final of all time. Um, was that James Owens's fault? No. James thought it was a red card he felt it was a red card and this is why I'm saying about the, the, the protocol the steps he took and and maybe in this sense a step back should have been taken but the learnings that we need to get out of this is the GA really need to address the situation with umpires and goal line technology and then what do we need umpires for? But that, I was just going to pick up on that point leads me in beautifully we need umpires if they do their job properly and what I mean by that is if the umpires were doing their job properly yesterday that was a goal for O'Loughlin's. If there's no umpires there yesterday, okay, I know you're talking that the, the idea is technology will be there. But if technology isn't there for whatever reason, then obviously you need you should have an umpire. The umpire needs to function a lot better than what they currently do. And the only way it seems <laughs> to do that is not to bring Uncle Johnny and Cousin Jack up. But this is the point. You take the referee that was on that field yesterday. He has to pass fitness tests to get there he's assessed he has to pass assessment test to be there the linesmen the same fitness test assessment test they're fully scrutinised by dickheads like you and me at full time too don't forget that Fair description. Uh, and they're trying their best Yeah. behind the goals I don't know I haven't seen the GEA putting out an umpire course of you no. where's the rules where is like this is the thing I said I, my understanding of it is one lad stands at the goal post watching for goals and the other lad stands behind the goal slightly, watching for points. And if it's coming up in the sky on my side, I can stand back off the post to get a better view of it, or the other man can step off. You know what I mean? To get a better view, yeah. the other man or woman can step off. It seems like common sense to it. I've done a bit of umpire. I mean, if you're on the side with the green flag, you obviously know I need to watch out for goals or whatever. If you're on the side with the white flag, you need to watch out for, for points. And then you, you just use your common sense, kind of. If the ball's going over the bar, you step back, maybe you move to the side. Just felt like common sense without the window. But yesterday. it's just the, the, I was surprised the two of them were standing right behind the goal. Was he afraid he was going to get a slap at a ball uh, or something coming in? I don't been. know. Must have been. Um, I don't know what happened there. S- a slight malfunction. The GEA need to rectify it. The referee didn't need to rectify it. The referee has to trust them people yeah. when you put them at the post. They told him it wasn't a goal. In fact, I would say the first thing he knew about that was at half time in the dressing room when he was sitting down going through his uh, notes. Somebody, his head must have been all over the place at that point. Well, I'd say, for me, I'd be looking at the umpire saying, you have to do me here, lads. But that's where I suppose we come back to it, because the referees pick oh, but sure the umpires. Is I don't know the, who it is. Is it could the be responsibility it. not really with the referee here? That he, he had to make sure it was an all-earned final, he brought umpires that he could trust. I think that's would have done do club games with him all through the year. Like, don't be under any illusions. This, these that. boys, he didn't collect them on the way no, up the, know, M, the, M, the M50 and said, here lads, you want to do umpire today? Like, they've been with him tick and tin. All, and you have to remember as well, these are lads he'll trust a million percent. That's, you know, like I seen one of the umpires remonstrating and showed that somebody had given a don't with a hurl. If that's in Kilkenny, it's a straight red card. I can't remember which player it was at the time, but he showed the 
the umpire motioned like he'd hit him with the hurl. If someone hits you with the hurl, they're getting sent off. Um, I don't know. It's 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 sad. As I said to you, it was an absolutely cracking game. Um, th- you know, the officiating wasn't wasn't brilliant. It was probably we're probably used to a different type of it here. Into the referee's defence. I think he tried to let it flow as much as he physically could because that's all you... It's drilled at you. Let it flow, let it flow, yeah. let it flow. Mark Bergen was on airing with freeze all year for O'Loughlin Gales. I don't remember Mark Bergen getting... Maybe he got one free inside 45 yards. Did St. Yeah, Thomas's... I don't remember too, too many St. Ones. Thomas's didn't give... I, I seen Steve Murphy coming up hitting a good few frees. I don't think St. Thomas's gave away two frees inside their 45 yesterday. So either it was the most disciplined performance of all time or you'd have to wonder how St Thomas's weren't conceding any frees back there but yet at the other end of the field O'Loughlin Gale seemed to throw up a few um, it's an interesting one it's the biggest thing for me is it's a really shitty way for the season to end oh, um, for O'Loughlin Gales but I think a pile on in the referee is not the right way to go I think what we do is take learnings out of it yeah. for me the referee needs to get more support from his linesmen in games, one million percent, especially with red cards. I think there should be no red card dished out in the GEA unless there's a consultation with one linesman or both. Unless it's clear as day, straight red. And I think what happened there yesterday, I think in fairness to the ref, I think he thought that was as clear as day as a red. On my first view of it, I thought it was 100% a red too. I thought it was an elbow in the head. I actually think just on that, because I just want to wrap this up. I know we could go on about it for days, but... Just on the red card, I actually think if, say for instance, I think we're all against VAR or whatever sort of um, kind of hybrid you'd have of it in the GA, but I think he'd give the red card if he's seen it back. I think he just thought, I'm applying the rules as best as I possibly can. And I think he, I don't think he, I think he would look back on that and said, I applied the rules, everybody else doesn't know the rules. I that think he's right thing. because I'll tell you why. Everybody says about contact, mm. I think it's intent. You can get a red card. I can swing a punch at you and miss, and that's still a red card. Mm. I went to punch you in the face. You're not allowed to swing a punch at somebody. And I think, like, it's it's very easy for us to sit here and 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 and, and say this was wrong and this was yeah. wrong and that was wrong. The only clear cut decision was Connor Harry's a straight red card. I don't think it was. Was Jordan Malloy's a straight red card? I think it was. You know, I think if he applied the rules completely, I think that's that's a red. It would have been pretty harsh because there was nothing in it, but he, he did lean with his head. and So that's a straight red. The goal red is a red. The big contentious issue in the game is the goal, and the goal was not the referee's fault. It's the umpire's. The goal, is that the big problem here ultimately? Would we, would we be talking about the referee if St. Thomas's had the man, everything else went the exact same way and O'Loughlin's won by a point? other than the goal because the goal is so it's an objective thing you might think it's a red card I might not think it's a red card but every single person that watched that can't say it's not a goal and that is where the issue lies yeah I think the goal is the issue I think that's why it is the conversation but the conversation's only going on in Kilkenny everyone else has moved on that's the truth you think that's right yeah but do I think it's right Yeah. no I don't think it's right but I think that's what's after happening I seen uh, I remember like and I look fair play to Glenn in that but Glenn last year it was real victimhood stuff. Do you know that they were always just... You know, they were playing against the one of the most unpopular clubs I in the country. I know that, but that's what I'm saying. Is this because, right, a lot of people, whether we like it or not, because Kilkenny being so successful, they don't really care too much if a Kilkenny team loses, whereas last year, Glenn had lost poor old Glenn. They were robbed, they were this or that. No, Glenn think, lost... The, the teams come into it? Glenn lost Kilmacud Croaks and Kilmacud Croaks because of the fact that they seem to be like the Galacticos of Real Madrid up there in the GEA terms more like Man City the, say, these boys are rolling in in their yeah, Bentleys yeah, yeah. and whatnot. let's you, say you and McKenna say they're the Manchester City of uh, 
Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Very yeah. controversial. I wouldn't be back and I wouldn't be joining myself. Man, you, if you're listening to no big shout Yeah, no, big shout out to you in there. I believe Robbie's a big fan yeah, there. I'd you. say you're a big fan. No, no, I don't know. I think, I think sometimes I find myself agreeing with you and I kind of panic. Um, <laughs> but no, the, the Kilmacud thing, they're very, very, they are quite unpopular. Yeah. Um, obviously, the brilliant Shane Walsh going playing with them as well didn't sit well no, with lots of people. Well, yeah. um, and then Glenn, of course, are, you know, they're your typical little small great story yeah, club yeah, and yeah. Ah, lovely Glen. O'Loughlin Gales it's not that there's not as much sympathy I think people realise that number one O'Loughlin Gales have lost out to St Thomas St Thomas would be a very popular parish and club as well very well got yeah. team people would be delighted to see them winning it um, I think the issue lies here is if, 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 if St Thomas had kicked on yesterday and won that game by 10 points we wouldn't be talking about the goal either it's and I've said this to you before Robbie when you lose a game by a point Every single but Eddie, decision. And this is where we come back to it. And not, do you know what you know as a player or manager? When, like, with the greatest respect, you're going to a game. Sometimes you think you always give as much as you can, obviously. But sometimes you think, right, we're going to win this one today, or you know what, they're too strong for us. We're going to lose. Everybody and their dog knew that was going to be a tight game yesterday, unless some miracle happened where O'Loughlin's didn't turn up or Thomas's didn't turn up. Do the referees then have to raise their level for first of all the event itself is an all iron final. Secondly, they must know coming in that any sort of minute detail let alone a major incident could have huge significance not just on the match but obviously the entire season yeah no they do of course they do and I suppose the further down the stakes get higher the further you go into the championship the stakes get way higher do you know so a mistake by a referee in, in, in a league championship match do you know at the end of the day the managers will shout and roar and all that but we all get up and we all work and we play the next day but a mistake in a county semi-final or a county final or a Leinster final or an all Ireland final the stakes keep getting higher and higher and higher and I think the higher we go up the ladder the more professional the setup, and I'm not on about the ref. The ref that was appointed yesterday deserved to be appointed to referee that game. He's a top-class referee. You know, he could have done with more assistance with him. He had, I don't know who was on the other line. The only reason I know James is on the line is I know James. um, And I think James, James, you know, He's marmite. I think he's a brilliant referee. And then other lads will tell you he's he can be very strict. He applies the rules very strictly. I think he's a super ref. But what happened there yesterday was I just think Sean was left on his own in the middle of the field. He didn't get a huge amount of support from his umpires. And it was that goal that killed him. Okay. Um, okay, so fair enough. Uh, just one final word then on O'Loughlin's because look, people give out that we were talking about this for so long. But I do think uh, a lot of people want to hear it. Uh an incredible year for O'Loughlin's this will stick in their craw for a couple of weeks or maybe even longer to be honest with you but like if you had told them back in August when they played Tullerone in the first round of the league that they were going to win a county title first in seven years win a Leinster championship and make an All-Ireland final I think most people in O'Loughlin's and outside of O'Loughlin's would have said yeah you're dreaming yeah I think I think they'd have took it at the start of the year Um they wouldn't have took it last no, month. Of course um, that's the problem with sport. Looking at O'Loughlin Gales, first and foremost, listening to Ronnie's rant at full time yesterday Ronnie's in the game, rant. I can assure you, 23 years later, he's still giving out like it was Break Bally Cannon losing on that field. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you're an O'Loughlin Gales person and you're listening in, therapy might be needed because I think Ronnie didn't get therapy and he probably could have done with the therapy. Well, because maybe Ronnie knows. That how much it hurts but it maybe it, it hurts but that this is going to hurt for another while because I can assure you Ronnie the point Ronnie was making and I, I guess Ronnie knows yeah, exactly yeah. what they felt yeah. and I can tell you I knew in his voice yesterday he was as no, annoyed yesterday as he was 23 years ago because he knows what's about in front of him now set that aside let's look at it intelligently here 
Well, Lachlan Gale's had a brilliant year. New management teams after coming in, they've been an absolute breath of fresh air. Seeing Brian Hogan on the line for Lachlan Gales, phenomenal. He's just his presence there. It's great to see him there because I, like, we all loved him as a player. Yeah. There was no one didn't love him as a player. Yeah. I still think he laughed at me when I said, I still think. To me, the defining moment of him as a man and as a player was when he gave away the free in the last minute of an All-Ireland final <laughs> and didn't. Moment. i tell you why. It tells you everything about him. He never said a word to the referee after giving away that yeah, free. Yeah. If he'd opened his mouth, that ball was being brought forward 10 yards yeah, and Kenny were getting bet in an All-Ireland final. Yeah, he never said a word. Bubba Dwyer put the ball wide. Replay, Kenny won the All-Ireland. And that came down to Brian Hogan having the discipline and he was done that day it was never a free he was about to score the point to yeah, win the All-Ireland yeah, for Kilkenny yeah. however it was great to see Brian on the line with O'Loughlin Gales and it was great to see O'Loughlin Gales being so successful aside from that they've brought a new dimension to the game how ironic is it that the best halfback probably of a generation has now created the best halfback line in Club Hurling in the country at the moment I asked him about because obviously he was part of that famous halfback line with Tommy Walsh and JJ Delaney either side of him and uh, he was glowing of this old Auckland's half-back line. And it is kind of, it's a nice link, isn't it? Oh, it is. And I suppose, like, if, if, if you look at, say, you know, Henry Shefflin managing teams, yeah, you're going yeah. to expect to see the forwards mm. performing at this yeah. level and whatever. So when you've Brian Hogan over a team, you would expect their half-back line to be something special. I remember my first viewing of them, I rang you on the way home from it and said, this half-back line here, are, they're you a did, sight yeah. to behold. Oh, you did, yeah. um, and it was just... Every game it got more enjoyable. Jordan Malloy, you know, absolutely outstanding player all season. Like, we went for a hurler of the year in the club podcast and I think the three lads were down to the last six, I think, oh, yeah. for the hurler of the year. I think they were so, down yeah, to the last yeah. three. And TJ Reid edged out Paddy Deegan, I think. Yeah, Jordan yeah, Malloy, TJ Reid. Yeah. Like, you know, lots of other people in Kilkenny would have heard of Jordan Malloy before this championship. Yeah. You know, he, he's an up-and-coming player. David Fogarty the same. But they've just propelled themselves up so many levels um, it'll be very interesting to see if they can take that next step into senior inter-county um, it'll be very exciting it'll be strange to see five O'Loughlin Gales players starting in the backs um, <laughs> to see, but it could happen, it could happen. Uh, and then the other one as well and I, like a few people have pointed this out Tony Forrestal is an absolutely wizard of a cornerback like he, is, he yeah. and like they're just they have a phenomenal backline they, they really have and and it's just been a brilliant year for Lachlan Gales they've been a great club we've enjoyed all the crack that we've had down through it and the games they've put up like the county final against Ballyhale Shamrocks I think Lachlan Gales didn't do anything easy any game so there was no. one point to all of them and it just made them a really exciting team to it follow did, during yeah, the year I remember the quarter final of the championship I think the Beat Mullen of by two points, and they bit the bridge by three points or something like that in the semi final. And every game from the first, from the quarter final on just seemed really, really tight. Uh, but that's all Auckland's commiserations to them. But congratulations on an incredible year, and they've been very, very um, helpful uh, as well from the media side of things here at KCLR. So best of luck in 2024 to O'Loughlin's. Best of luck to Thomas and Tuller as well, Eddie. They are coming off the back of different conclusions to their seasons, obviously. Kind of the weekend gone there, the second weekend in January. They won all Ireland junior and intermediate titles. A phenomenal achievements from both clubs. Yeah, it really was. And I actually think Tuller, Tuller, I know the navigating through that junior championship can be quite tricky. Tuller literally steamrolled the whole, the metamockery of that whole junior championship. They murdered everybody. In Kilkenny, do you think? No, no, well, not sorry, in Kilkenny. From outside Kilkenny. When they left Kilkenny, yeah. they, they they really lit it up and uh, like they, they had a tough as well now. They won the county final quite, by a, quite, a, quite a big score if I remember as well now. They they didn't win by a point in the county final. I can't remember. It's well, Relatively tight, I think. Was it against Freshford? 
Yeah, I, I, I thought they won by. I know. I think they won by. I'd be surprised if it was less than six points, as Robbie goes googling right, okay, to prove me wrong. Um, but but they were fantastic throughout the year, and and I have to say, you know, Michael Doyle came in first year in charge, stuff of dreams, Wexford man coming up, taking on that job up there, and, and winning the club all Ireland. It was brilliant, and it was great to see, you know, for somebody like Wally Welch and Pat Hartley, who had been part of that Tuller junior team that got beaten in the All Ireland final, I think it was twelve years earlier or thirteen years earlier. Mm, so. To come back and and then win in All Ireland themselves with their club, that that was a lovely feeling. Um, and then watching them a lot during the year as well, I have to say it was them senior players. Pat Hartley was man of the match in every other game. I actually I know the lads on the radio gave the man of the match to I'm going to say Keno Dunn who got it on the radio, but yep. watching on the game, I think. Pat Hartley for me was man of the match TG Carr given Pat the man of the match in the game as well but Wally was outstanding again um, Dunny in, in a full back was brilliant Keno Dunahoo um, Connor Hennessy they're a really good balanced team and they'll go well in intermediate next year as well they're well positioned for that um, provided their senior players stick with them Robbie's still googling frantically there still to prove looking, me wrong still looking, and then talking. the other one I would say was and I've no doubt in my mind with this one is Noel Doherty in Thomastown um, like they took the bull by the horns in knockout championship this year in, in, in Kilkenny. They were they were absolutely phenomenal throughout the whole championship. Once it came to knockout championship, Thomastown really turned it on. And they just got better and better and better. And what it was to me, and you could see it in the All Ireland series as well, Thomastown are a senior team playing intermediate. And they yeah. really showed and it this year. Team. You know, they were brilliant. And I was delighted for them lads, because I know a lot of these boys, you know over the years living in Thomastown and the whole lot and I was just thrilled for them a player like say someone like Tucker Hanrahan Tucker had a, an absolute cracker of a year um, he texted me the other night he said he better get a shout out in the first podcast of the season there so that's go. that box ticked as well you know but in fairness I did tell you at the quarter final stage that Thomastown were going to win the Intermediate All-Ireland um, and it was because they were so far ahead of everybody in Kilkenny I thought this is this is actually juggernaut stuff now um, they're going up to senior they're going up to senior and they won't be short of confidence going up there now um, I had them pitched as a semi-final team in the senior championship I probably I'm probably pushing them up a little bit too high actually when I I was thinking about this on the way in in the car I think I think a quarter final in the championship this year would be a great achievement for Thomastown I think getting the senior semi-final now would be that's a massive ask in the first year up but but they're, they're not there to take part like they'll definitely be there to take it over like yeah, yeah. Um, they'll fancy themselves uh, they'll fancy themselves to win that senior championship do you think so to win it or do you think yeah no they're a confident bunch of lads and these boys aren't coming with massive baggage there's players on that team say you know like like say John Joe or whatever that's been around there for a long time but the younger lads on these these boys they don't know what losing is like these boys are after winning Ryan A under 20 titles and minor titles and all that them lads don't know what losing is they're going up to that senior championship and they don't mind if it's Ballyhale Shamrocks now or Bally go backwards they'll they'll go and they'll give it a rattle so it won't be for a lack of confidence now I'd say Noel Doherty's job is going to be getting their feet back on the ground Yeah but even the older lads will probably be energised because their first run of senior as well and such a historic year for the club I suppose oh, coming back up Come here they'll be absolutely buzzing and like the thing about it is they won't agree with me on this but what you want to do Tuller or Ross Burkham want to do the same Thomas and want to consolidate your position in that championship it's not an easy place to be the intermediate championship in Kilkenny is not an easy place to be to get out of and it's not a place you want to be in a relegation zone. And I think the same at the senior level as well. Thomas don't need to get in there, consolidate their positions. I think target the league, give it a good rattle as well in that league, get themselves as far away from that relegation area as they can. And then when they get into the actual knockout championship proper, take whatever comes. Just make sure you're not getting pulled into a dogfight down the bottom. Yeah. 
uh, okay, that's fair enough. Do, do, do you disagree? I agree with all the, all of what you said there. I think um, no, it's brilliant, brilliant year for both of those clubs, and I think as they look ahead, I think they have a lot to look forward to. But probably the cautious optimism, if that makes sense, because whenever you come up, obviously uh, you're not just going to go gung ho all the time. But uh, we'll see how 2024 goes for both of those clubs, and obviously all of those clubs will be keeping an eye on it as the year pans out. Um, just a final word on the club season, Eddie. I think we did something like 47 live commentaries before all the reports and everything in just the Kilkenny Hurling Championship alone across senior, intermediate and junior. Uh, then beyond that, obviously, we were the home of the Provincial and All-Ireland Series for Tuller, Ross Burke and Thomastown and O'Loughlin Gales. Um, so much stuff going on in the club side of things with Kilkenny teams this year uh, you were heavily involved in it obviously with this podcast and then um, doing commentaries and reports and analysis on all of these matches uh, I really enjoyed it one of the most enjoyable years I've seen of Club Hurling how was it up there for you in broadcasting and as a person I uh, yeah no look come here as a fan um, Tuller winning the county final by five points was uh, 119 yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I didn't know if I wanted to bring it in no no I said I'd throw it in they won by five points no which would be comfortable enough as well Um Five points, I can guarantee you with the last couple of minutes when they're sitting down the clock, it's comfortable. Uh, try, try and win one when you're losing yeah, by a point. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but no, no, it was. It was a really enjoyable year. And I have to say, like in every grade, we were treated to some absolutely brilliant games. Yeah. The, the biggest thing I love about the Kilkenny Championship is the structure of the Kilkenny Championship. All these matches are generally played in neutral venues. And it brings other parishes to other venues to play these games. And it's like I've seen... Um, it's unreal, really. It is. Do you know? And do you know what? Every other county in the country should follow suit on that as well. Like, I mean, I, I've said it to the lads in in, in my own club in Bagnestown. Uh, you know, the Gales. I, I was saying, like, you'd love to see St Mullins and Mount Leinster Rangers playing each other in Bagnestown, or you'd like to see Bagnestown playing Ballinkillen in 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 say St Mullins or whatever. You know, it's just yeah. bringing them around and towards it. But I actually think the Kilkenny Championship this year. All three grades of championships were fantastic. Uh, Nolan Park hosting all the semi-finals and finals is is a good thing as well. Um, do you know, it was great. And you know what? People would say to you, oh, you're overestimating that Kilkenny Championship because you're living down there, you're based there. Kilkenny won the Junior All-Ireland title, the Intermediate All-Ireland title and got beaten in the Senior All-Ireland in, in Hurling. And Dixborough won the Camogie All-Ireland title. Mm. So I think the club game in Kilkenny is in a really, really good place. And it's the lads in the black and amber jerseys now that are going to have to bring it up one more notch in the inter-county scene which we'll be podcasting the stones out of yes. for the next few months um, but I actually think it's 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 time for the lads to deliver at the senior level now Yeah and that brings us on very nicely to obviously the inter-county season because the beginning of the inter-county year overlaps with the end of the club season we've obviously uh, spoken at length now uh, in the first episode of the second season of this podcast about the club season ending but the inter-county season has begun but with the beginning of it has brought the end already of the Walsh Cup campaign for Kilkenny they kind of hammered Carlo out the gate there's no point in saying anything else in the first round on a Tuesday night in Netwatch Cullen Park after the game had to be rearranged uh, due to the fog um, but then obviously last Saturday in John Locke Park in Callan it finished 2-11 to 18 points in favour of Wexford that means Wexford will meet Galway in this weekend's final before we get your thoughts on it Eddie here's what Kilkenny manager Derek Ling had to say to KCLR after the game we had um, a lot of handling errors and we had the ball at times and you know we, we over elaborated and, and you know we didn't get the ball in quick enough at times as well so look there's a lot look there's a few things there to be that we have to take away from it and 
Look at him not um, I can't be too critical in terms of how we're using the ball in that at the minute we know we really we're back hurling since January um, tough conditions but it just highlights that we have a bit of work to do Highlights that we have a bit of work to do. Do you think Kilkenny have a lot of work to do, Eddie, ahead of 2024? Uh, they definitely have a lot of work to do because it's only it's only January. I'd be panicking if they didn't. Um, the game itself in Callan at the weekend, um, a couple of points that I would make on it. Number one is the Wexford team that lined out against Kilkenny, I'd say probably seven seven plus of that team will start for Wexford in the senior. the same hurling. last year, in fairness, yeah. yeah. Um, now, Keith Rossler has gone in there as the new Wexford senior hurling manager and he's going to have to hit the ground running um, Wexford Hurling is in a bad place at the moment um, now when I say it's in a bad place at the moment I don't mean Wexford Hurling's in a bad place as in that there's there's not huge support behind them and everything else there's not there's massive support behind that county team uh, the Wexford supporters are some of the best supporters in, in, in the GEA by a distance everyone loves to see Wexford doing well because you know they just the supporters are so Colour good um, yeah. but I think you know Dara Egan had a, a tough time last year with Wexford I think Dara had assumed he was going to get another year with Wexford judging by the Tipperary Senior County final speech um, they weren't too impressed with Wexford's management to Dara Egan um, you know how to handle the whole affair with Dara finishing up which was unfortunate as well I hate to see that happening to anybody but they've brought in Keith Rossiter and I can tell you from knowing Keith Rossiter as a player and knowing Keith Rossiter as a person they've a really safe pair of hands gone in there um, he's a super fella um, commitment levels that he'll bring is unbelievable Owler the Ballock club man like Keith, Keith has it everywhere as a player he was just touch tight he worked hard He real good he'll bring that intensity to the Wexford team but the point that I make is he needs to hit the ground running he can't afford for that Wexford team to be taking a backward step because they'll pile in not on Keith but they'll start piling on the players and stuff so I'd say he's uh, managing that um, the Kenny with a lot of work to do I don't know the, like, the match itself the other day they lost the game by a point in the end um, against 13 men yeah, the, the, I know, but they did make a big comeback now at that stage when yeah. they started getting into it. Um, I think the conditions were horrific. Um, like they really were. They were poor. Uh, not the pitch. The pitch is in good nick now. In fairness to Callan, they're doing they're doing really well there. But the weather conditions were atrocious. Um, I wouldn't be overly worried about it. I don't know how many of the Kilkenny team that played the other day will start in the in the in the All Ireland series. Um, you'd love to see one or two players coming out. I heard the comment the other day about players making their debuts in Walsh Cups performing in the championship do you remember who was the last Kilkenny player to make a debut in the Walsh Cup and play in the All-Ireland that year no clue Mikey Butler oh yeah he had a very strong Walsh Cup yeah yeah there you are now if you could get a Mikey Butler every year well, is that the worry that we're not particularly in the forward line and I know I, I harp on about this a fair bit I think most people are in fairness we just feel very very weak in that forward line there's no real stardust there's no firepower there <laughs> Do you not like Stardust, Eddie? No, I just, I think in my head. I'm thinking in my head, there's people sitting at home, there's people sitting at home in Dublin, Galway, Waterford, Wexford, and they're thinking, poor Uncle Kenny, they have no one in the forwards line. I mean, Uh, Owen Cody, Adrian Mullen, TJ Reid. Right, you know, so. No, I know it's just perspective. I think we need to give the lads a bit of backup. Owen Cody's probably the best forward in the country. We're blessed to have him. I wouldn't swap him for anybody, and I think this year could be his year, as in, this could be the year he he really lights it up because but he's been getting there. With him, don't That's we? you definitely do. Very young um, but it is. He 
still is fierce young but like I think what you might find out of this year's championship is you might be able to push more lads up the field a small bit if you brought in a David Fogarty or Jordan Malloy there's no reason why you couldn't play them in the half hour line if you wanted to Conor Heary's been absolutely outstanding for a Lachlan Gales this year like Conor Heary and John Donnelly as your two wing forwards as pure workhorses and TJ Reid say at centre forward that's three absolute monsters in the air lads that are brilliant getting on the ball TJ's finishing is fantastic we don't need a, just a plain simple scorer though, well I think if you have Adrian Mullen and Owen Cody inside and then you have a Billy Reid or a Billy Ryan I should say or a Mossy Keown or someone like that like I think John Donnelly's game for Thomastown is very different than John Donnelly's game for Kilkenny and I can really appreciate it if you watch John Donnelly with Thomastown he brings everybody in around him he's winning the balls and he's throwing them off and he's getting the scores coming off his shoulder TJ Reid does that with Ballyhale Shamrocks TJ doesn't look for Owen Cody when he gets the ball he looks for whoever's in the best position and it's about having that type of brain Conor Heary is like that as well he's not going to get you seven or eight points in a game but his work rate and his tenacity and his ambition to get the ball back he might give it Kenny aren't that far away um, I think like you were saying we were going to do predictions today yeah. I don't think Kenny are too far away now but I think most people would agree with that but it is about the next step at some point I don't know if it'll be this year you would hope it is but Derek Ling has a three year term he's accepted and not just accepted but he, he knows that you have to win an all earn Nickel Kenny at some stage then they're going to have to make the next step would you be concerned at all that maybe with the current panel that next step can't be taken. There needs to be one or two additions into the starting 15 and those one or two additions need to start coming through now towards the latter stages of the league going into the Leinster Championship this year. Yep, I think I think definitely the team that got beaten in last year's All-Ireland final won't, won't win this year's All-Ireland. Yeah. Um, you would imagine with natural progression Limerick are going to improve by 5%. So Kilkenny are going to need to improve by 15%. That's that's where it is. Yeah. Um, can Kilkenny do that? I think they definitely can. Um I think they'll be taking a different route to this year's All-Ireland than they have done for the last few years. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and I think that route might stand them in better stead because I think they could be playing Limerick in an All-Ireland semi-final instead of a final. And I think if you're going to catch a team like Limerick, that's when you're going to catch them. And I think that's where Kilkenny will catch them this year. So Kilkenny are not going to win the Leinster Championship? No. Sure, that brings us into predictions, I suppose, because that's obviously a big one. Um, before we get on to the provincial championships, we'll start with the Allianz National Hurling League. Who do you see coming out? That? Yeah, I think I think Limerick. Will, uh, no, I think <laughs> no, no, just Limerick. Uh, no, I think I think Limerick probably will win the. I think Limerick probably will win the national league. Um, they're a team to take it very, very. They seem to take it quite serious, even though they pretend not to. Um, so I, I think I, I, I just think it's very hard to see past Limerick. I think Clare are going to be in trouble there because Tony Kelly. If the if the rumor mill is right, Tony Kelly's going to be gone for the whole league, isn't he? I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So if he's gone for the whole league, that's going to make it a lot more tricky for them. So he's getting an operation there, Robbie. Um. So okay. he might be back on the championship, and even at that, then you don't know how good he's going yeah, to be when yeah, he gets yeah. back. I think. No, I think. I think Limerick will. I think Limerick will, will be the team that's best positioned to win the national league. So I'll go with Limerick for the national okay. league. I'll go with Cork. I just think they'll win it. <laughs> you, you like their jerseys, no, do I you? Think Cork are Cork are, are a coming team. I think. To be honest with you, if Kilkenny don't do win the next year or two, I think the next team to win the All-Ireland after Limerick will be Cork. Uh, last year they were poking the ball away out, coming out of Munster. I think they had a little bit more maturity about them. They probably would have found a place in the top three. They just couldn't do that. I think they will get into the top three this year in place of Clare. I think they might drop out of it. I think they, they might be slightly over the hill with Brian Lone. Um, and I think they'll, they'll attack the league. I'm not sure there's some things... Look, there's a, there's a big thing happening off the pitch with Limerick at the moment that I don't know if that would have a major impact on them. Um, obviously, that, that in a court case, people know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I think Limerick... 
I think for Limerick, this is such a, a monumental year solely because of the All-Ireland. I think in all the years that have kind of gone by, I think Limerick have been kind of silverware sweepers. They just want to win everything that's coming at them. I think their sole focus will be on we have to peak at the end of the year this year by any means necessary. And I know they've done that by winning leagues and monsters before, but I just think this year the foot might slightly come off the gas in the early stages of the season. And uh, I think I'll go with Cork to swoop in and win that league title. Okay, um, that's fair enough. And then Leinster, Robbie? I go with Kilkenny. I don't see, I just don't see that. I know it was a very tight Leinster final last year, obviously a very tight game in Nolan Park. Do you think? But I think there's, but there's a reason why Kilkenny come out on top against Galway and I think it's a, a mentality thing and I think I don't see how Galway can blow Kilkenny away so then I think it'll be tight going down the final stretch and I think Kilkenny have a mental superiority over them against a Galway side that to be fair Henry Sheffield has not been able to instill what he had which is obviously mental fortitude I think they're quite fragile in the key moments we've seen that last year in the Leinster final we've seen it again in the All-Ireland semi-final when they had a healthy enough lead and they just could not cope with Limerick as they came at them which is fair but still they could not stem that tide at all um, and I think it'll be Kilkenny to win the Leinster Championship not at ease but I think they'll finish in the top two whether they kind of win the, the round robin or not I don't know because they have to go to Galway which is more difficult than hosting them but I think eventually it'll be a Kilkenny and Galway Leinster final and Kilkenny to win it but obviously you beg to differ yeah no I think I think uh, I think Galway will win Leinster this year mm. um, I think they don't they they do um, I think you know they're going to win the Welsh Cup next week but that's not going to no, no. that's not going to save anything um, I think in the other side of the Leinster Championship the interesting one in the Leinster Championship this year the other one is going to be the relegation um, <clears throat> do you think me. it's a four-team relegation or is it a two-team relegation? Well, I mean no. by that is it Dublin, Wexford, Antrim, and Carlow three involved? Team. Three team. You think Wexford and? I think Wexford, Antrim, and Carlow. Yeah. And I actually think the key roster effect is going to need to be very, very good because I actually think I think Wexford are in real trouble. Do you? I think their forwards are the smallest forward line I've ever seen. I seen Lee Chin in the stands and Callan on on Saturday watching the match. He wasn't on the pitch playing. That's going to be a massive concern for Wexford people. Um. And don't be under any illusions here, Robbie. I do not want this to happen. But I think I think the fact that Wexford have to come to Netwatch Cullen Park yeah. to play Carlo, I think Carlo will have that earmarked as a game that they can they can win. They do already. Yeah. Um yeah. definitely. Yeah. I think I think Dublin are better than people give them credit for. And that's being honest. I think yeah. in my in my eyes, in Leinster right now, Kilkenny are number one, Galway are number two, Dublin are number three, and then four, five, six is your Carlo, your Wexford and your Antrim. And I think that's how it's going to go this year in that championship. And I think, I, I actually, I, I don't know, maybe it's it's heart yeah, overhead stuff Carlo here. To do well, I'd like Carlo to do well, but not at the expense of Wexford. Like, I'd love Antrim to be relegated and not have yeah, to worry yeah, about anybody else. Would, um, that'd be ideal. Yeah. But I think, um, I think, I think, I think, I think, Wexford could be in a bit of bother here because their forward line is so small I think their backs are so small as well Wexford are small okay. um, they have a couple of really big players but other than that they're quite a small yeah. physically small team they'll struggle I think anyway because we're going to run out of time I think Galway will win Leinster and then that brings us on nicely for Munster where I think Limerick will win the Munster just on early. Leinster sorry you're going with Antrim to go down though eventually or are you going with Wexford I'm never going to say that Wexford are getting relegated okay. so it'll be You're Antrim. in trouble second bottom for Wexford then we'll say. No I'm not going to say that either I don't know like Wexford could go and beat Dublin like I just think Wexford are in I a bit. Wexford will they're hosting Dublin if I'm not mistaken. Um, but look, <laughs> I've seen them getting we'll beat get by Dublin no, there. True. We'll get out of Leinster then uh, I'll just say that I think Antrim will go down and I think Carlo will finish fourth I think uh, it'll be either Dublin or Wexford and I couldn't tell you um, so we'll go with that. Uh, Munster obviously this is probably 
a lot more difficult to kind of pick out from. How do you see this going? Uh, yeah, I think I think Limerick will win win the Munster Championship. I don't think it's as difficult as people think. I think Waterford are, are but the rest, I suppose, people would say the other four hard to pick them. Oh, so it's hard to pick out which of them four is going to get to play Limerick in the final, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's um, what I'm yeah. Like they've all got they've all got massive flaws behind them, you know. Sure, yeah. <laughs> like they really <laughs> have. They really do. When they yeah. Approach, yeah. Um, I seen Waterford City Council putting up a congratulations to St Thomas's yesterday, and I just thought, do you know, geez, I hope Limerick give them an awful hiding <laughs> this year now. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, right next door. Ah, that's crazy. Stop. Anyway, so but they've Davy there, so the Davy effect didn't have any effect last year. I believe he has them a lot fitter this year. Yeah, he's, an awful he always state. gets a season over team. Davy fits. He, he is a savagely decorated. Season. Normally, it's the first season though, Robbie. Wasn't put Wexford. If I'm not no, mistaken. but he, he got that league semi final in the first year of Wexford. He got a proper reaction. His time yeah. with Wexford, if you look at that five years, he did really well. Uh, he's done very well. First, Munster with Watford was in his third season in the first time. Leinster with Wexford. Yeah, no, but he's, he, so he can win sorry, later on. He, it's, 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 it's making steps forward. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, it was bad to last get me. Year. Yeah, you know, and, and they didn't. Um, so look, he's the excuses. Davy Fitz, they're going to have to get the Munster final or Davy Fitz isn't going to be there anymore. Um, Cork, you've already oh, put. Three year Munster final, sorry. Oh, Munster final. Like, you, you this top three you're like my young lad Limerick, now talking Limerick to me about assists the first All-Ireland Limerick won they finished third yeah I, I'm going to be straight with you these need to get the Munster finals there you want to be in an All-Ireland semi-final or final and you, you know you want to be getting there but I, I don't talk about assists in soccer either it's the lad that scores the goal to Mars not the lad that passes no, the ball fancy football points or anything like yeah, that yeah no so who are you going to win Limerick I'm going I'm going for Limerick to win <laughs> it's, it's Munster not Limerick but anyway uh, I'm going for Limerick to win Munster I think they'll beat Cork in the final. I think Cork will have a good year. Uh, I think Tip will finish third. I think Watford fourth. I think Clare finished with Brian Lawn. I think they had a couple of years there now where they had a good chance to win Munster on two or three occasions. <laughs> you, you, Clare, actually just booped. No, I just think I just think you have your moments as teams and you either take the moment and grasp it and win a piece of silver or, or you don't. And I think it'll, Brian Lawn's done a very good job but to take the next... Has he? Yeah, I think it's fair. Maybe that maybe he hasn't done. I think he's done. <laughs> no, I think in the era of Limerick, he's done well. He's been the closest to Limerick of anybody. Brian Cody. Cody obviously bet him in nineteen. Yeah, but I think I think in terms of Limerick, and lost by a point in an All Ireland final as well. But I think on it maybe very two points. Yeah, but uh, I think Brian Lawton is a good said. manager and he's very good. But um, I think everyone says well, brilliant job he's done with Clare, but I haven't seen him drinking now any cups. Clare are an uberly successful uh, David Fitz won an All-Ireland with David Fitz is a good manager and uh, he doesn't get a good rap for it but I think David Fitz is a good manager he's just not everybody's cup of tea and people don't want to point out that he's a good manager but I think Lone's done okay I'm not saying I think it's kind of 6.5, 7 out of 10 I'm not saying he did 10 out of 10 job or 9 out of 10 but he's done, he's done well enough and who's going to win the All-Ireland Robert win Clare the All-Ireland. <laughs> Clare yeah <laughs> um, oh, it's hard not to say Kilkenny isn't it do you know what Limerick <laughs> no I think Limerick will win it I hate to say it but I said it from last year I think they are one of these teams that you won't see again for a long long time you know, even though we did say that after Kilkenny of the 2000s but uh, I just think Limerick I've never seen a team so zoned in they remind me of the dubs in terms of the football I think they're they're going for this uh, this five Um, I think it's they're just they, they will feel like it's their destiny and I think to be honest with you Eddie when they turn up there's no team in the country at the moment anywhere near them and take a lot to prove otherwise yeah I can see where you're coming from on that one now I'm going to tell you two things Wexford no no. <laughs> number one Limerick will not win the All-Ireland this year ok that's a given 
I am guaranteeing you that Limerick will yeah, not win the All Ireland this year. Every weekend from um, here on in. Who do I think will win the All Ireland? I think Kilkenny are going to win the All Ireland. Yes. I think. Man Eddie. I do. Westmeat man back in Kilkenny, Kilkenny man back in Limerick. Uh, yeah, this is it. <laughs> I think. I think Kilkenny will win the All Ireland. I think. Um, I think. I think. Derek will bring in one or two more new players to, yeah. into the fold. I think the age profile of the Kilkenny team is very, very good. That's true. I think there's an awful lot going for this team. I think when you look, I'm going to stop saying I think, I think, but <laughs> when you look at that Kilkenny team, the players, like we're looking at somebody like Owen Cody as an established inter-county player. Owen Cody's what, 22, 23 22, years of age? 23, yeah. Do you know? So that's that's the reality of it. Some players that we didn't get to see the best of last year, Mikey Carey could be back for another bit of a rattle again. Kilkenny aren't too far away. A couple of little tweaks. Derek Ling's management team getting the best out of these lads. And I think they'll definitely be there thereabouts I don't feel Limerick will win the All-Ireland and it's Kilkenny that I'm going to go and back them to okay. beat well fingers crossed that is the case we'll be back next week as the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast continues its second season if you want to listen in you can find us on Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts or anywhere where you do your podcast listening and as I said until next week enjoy your week